Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Steve Reeve Podcast with the best moments from the past week and a few things that didn't make it there. Powered by Coldwell Banker Ford McMurray. We love YMM. Monday. Hilarious to me that Michael Bay has now officially gone on record saying, I made too many Transformers movies, guys. I made too many of them. That's a direct quote. I made too many of them. Steven Spielberg said, just stop at three, and I said I'd stop. The studio begged me to do a fourth, and then that made a billion two. And then I said, I'm going to stop here, and they begged me again. I should have stopped. They were fun to do. That's the full quote. I think that's hilarious. (laughs) Just so good. I mean, so many people on the internet have been saying, why are we making even more Transformers movies? Why can't we make them better? What is going on? Now, to be fair, to be fair, I still love the first one. I do. It has a special place. It boils down to young person finding adventure with their first car. I love that kind of story, right? It it, it resonated with me, especially because I was super young at at the time that that came out. Really, truly. Just out of high school. Kind of thing. Um, And... That was a theme that was revisited in Bumblebee, which was the next best Transformers movie. Live action, that is, live action. The rest, that's a pile of scrap metal, really. But the good news is, (laughs) the next, next one, Rise of the Beasts, is coming. It's out next summer. Here we go again. Amazing performances, a very touching tribute to Taylor Hawkins. And uh, in addition to that, aside from the Grammys, a uh, drum circle tribute was formed in his uh, very hometown of uh, Laguna Beach as well. Messages to the drummer written on a memorial. Very, very incredibly touching stuff. It is clear just how influential he was while, you know, being a little bit, like a tiny bit on the sidelines of the fame of the band Foo Fighters and, of course, the extreme fame of of, of frontman Dave Grohl. Just incredible, incredible. Um, Just everybody. Everybody loved Taylor Hawkins. I tweeted it out, and I maintain it, that Taylor Hawkins is one of everybody's favorite drummers. Everybody. Like, hands down. But, moving on. Artist who uh, has done well at the Grammys several, several years, but also sometimes has not done quite so well. Got a contentious past with the award show, The Weeknd. Canadian artist, crooner, R&B artist. He says he might pull a Kanye West, a a yay, and uh, decide to change his name to Abel, which I think is hilarious because, I mean, he's talking about his brand. The Weeknd is how he's known, but his name already is Abel. You're listening to the Steve Reeve Podcast Podcast. from 100.5 Cruise FM. We're about to get just a little bit blue. Clinically, clinically, okay? The G-Spot is misleading, apparently. Editors at a publication called Sexual Medicine Reviews are adamant that the generally accepted uh, understanding of a G-Spot magic button location on the body is actually harmful because it isn't quite accurate and has been loosely tied to sexual dysfunction for those who are on a fruitless quest for the holy G-rail and uh, some feel, you know, frustrated that their partners perhaps have not bested said quest, right? Perfectly understandable, I think, with this common knowledge understanding, but as we often learn throughout our entire lives and throughout human history, what we know to be absolutely true sometimes just isn't. Um, And instead, the advice is that there's actually a G-zone 
with no less than five spots. Oh, okay, well that should clear up all the confusion right there, huh? I got we gotta change something. Something's gotta give. We have to change something, alright? We need a best before date revolution. A mini one, okay? We don't need to change the whole thing, we don't need to blow it all up. But why? Tell me! Why would M.A. be used at all? When two of the months start with M.A. I know you're with me already on this, I know you are. And we forget about it most of the year because most of the year we're not near those months, but... Right now we're in the middle, we're in between them. It should obviously be M.R. and M.Y. Right? So obviously. You, you want proof? They already figured out that that was the best option for June and July. Those both start with J-U. And they both don't begin with J-U. Neither of them do, in fact. It's J-N and J-L. And then there's no confusion. Nobody questions that. But we do it every single year. March and May, they come around, we go M-A, M-A, M-A. What is that? Of course, M-R is the March one. May is M-A. But come on! Why don't we have M-R and M-Y? I don't care if April's in between them. In fact, that only adds to the occasional mild confusion. Tuesday. Romance novelist uh, who is the author of a piece called How to Murder Your Husband has now gone on trial for murdering her husband. <laughs> so just quick details. Four years ago is when her husband died. A, uh, a chef who was alone in a kitchen all by himself when the killing happened. Oh, included in the article, the fact that in this court case they are not going to be taking this previous work from years and years ago titled How to Kill Your Husband, How to Murder Your Husband into account when it comes to this trial, which makes me go, why not? <laughs> why not? I get it. Maybe it's confusing the case. Maybe it's just not relevant, right? It just seems really relevant. It seems really on the nose there. I mean, How to Murder Your Husband was the name of something she wrote and her husband died. I feel like, regardless of exactly what happened, he really should have read her book, like, for a couple of reasons. Have you ever been stuck on a ride? Amusement park, theme park ride, right? That sounds kind of scary. Um, it never has happened to me, but I'm very curious. Uh, and it just happened to some people not too far from here. 26 people were stuck for about, like, 26 minutes on a Galaxyland ride in West Edmonton Mall this past weekend. Apparently, the Havoc ride had a hydraulic lift that got stuck, and, yeah, it took them... Took them, okay, more like 28 minutes, but it's kind of fun to say 26 people for 26 minutes because it feels oddly mystical and like the could be the plot of a movie or something like that. And no, no, I'm not talking like Final Destination 3, which is one of my favorites and perhaps the best of the franchise. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Could be interesting. The connections they made forever changed their lives. Nah, they, they probably just got like a free pass out of it or something, but uh, I have never been stuck in a ride or even on an elevator, really, so uh, I need you to tell me your story. If you've been in that situation, what was it like? Hey Alexa, play the Steve Reeve podcast. Starting off with a, a legacy piece of footage of a young prince in Minneapolis was discovered. Uh, footage from 1970 that was just sitting on an archive shelf at the station WCCO. Uh, production manager Matt Liddy found it, apparently, trying to look for some context as there's a teacher's strike could be happening in the area to this year, and there was a teacher's strike happening in the area in 1970. So they wanted to get some of that archival footage out and take a look, finding somebody who he thought was Prince. Took it around the entire newsroom, said, I'm not going to say who this is and color your uh, observations, color your, your, your thoughts, but 
who do you think this is? Everybody going, is that Prince? And he actually found a local Minneapolis historian who was friends with Prince when they were children to confirm it. It's kind of adorable. What does Prince think about the picket lines? And I think they should get some more money because they work, be working extra hours for us and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, agreed. Those teachers should be getting extra money. And that was from 1970. Wednesday. Yesterday I was asking, since there was a story about some people who got stuck on a West Edmonton Mall Galaxyland ride, specifically Havoc, 26 people for about 28 minutes. I was asking, have you ever been stuck on a ride? I have not. Not even close. I mean, I've been in a situation where I'm waiting to get on a ride, and they come and say, hey, no, it's closed down. Would you like a pass for tomorrow? And you go, no, I'm flying back home tomorrow. It's kind of specific, but still, never really stuck on a ride ever. Not even an elevator. So, I need to live vicariously, like most things in my life. Ashley said, was stuck on the Indiana Jones ride in Disneyland when it broke down. The lights turned on and ruined the immersion for the rest of the ride when it was fixed. So, yeah, you're kind of seeing all the all the seams. All the stuff you're not supposed to. The stuff behind the smoke and the mirrors. Immersion not ruined the next time she went through, though, thankfully. That's good, Ashley. You have the full experience. And uh, Mark is saying that he got stuck uh, under a waterfall at Disney on Splash Mountain for an hour. Needless to say, we were fairly wet getting off of that ride. Drenched, I think is the term. Drenched. You go down once as things are supposed to go on Splash Mountain and you get a little bit splashed. It's in the name. And then Sonia also got in touch to say that her sister, her cousin, and herself were stuck in a Ferris wheeler, a Ferris wheel when they were kids. Someone had thrown up at the opposite side of the wheel and they got stuck at the top, the very top, while they cleaned it. Cousin freaked out the whole time. She says, I feel bad about it because he hated rides and we had to convince him to get on with us. Pretty sure he never got back on one. Yeah, I'd say that's a safe bet. Time for music news. Metallica. Uh, their charity donating a half a million dollars to feed Ukrainian refugees. This is really, really huge news and um, a hugely impactful uh, donation. Their organization is called All Our All Within My Hands Foundation, and they want to provide meals and dignity and hope worldwide, which is why they've been able to donate this huge amount of dollars to help out with feeding Ukrainian refugees who are fleeing a horrible and violent war and invasion. Um, speaking of horrible and violent, unfortunately, one person has been killed and 16 others injured and taken to hospital after a shooting at an outdoor concert. This not very far away from the horrible tragedy of the Astro World uh, massacre, as some people call it, where several people lost their lives. Uh, dangerous situation at some concerts out there in the world. Uh, it was at the epic Easter bike out and field party in Dallas, specifically. And... In other news, Universal Music Group is the last of the three giants in the world, the most uh, uh, successful and most recognized across the globe uh, music industry moguls. And uh, they, what they've joined in is forgiving some of their legacy artists the unrecouped balances that they sent out as advances, which will never be able to be repaid with the contracts that were signed and the royalties that were earned from them. Basically saying, yeah, I know we gave you some money and said you have to pay us back, and then we never worked out a deal where you would ever be able to pay us back, so we're just not going to ask for that money anymore. That's basically what's happening in loose terms. Squid Game back in the news again. Oh, is it going to be a new season? Well, not quite yet, though it is on the way. The creator of Squid Game is developing a movie that promises to be far more violent than the season that we've seen so far of the incredibly popular around the world Squid Game. Like I said, that second season is likely for 2024. It is greenlit. It is in the works. And talks have begun about season three. But this is going to be separate. This is not related directly. And uh, apparently, 
It uh, will be so disturbing that the creator thinks that he will have to hide from people after it comes out. Yeah, that's something that he has given out as a statement. Uh, okay, got me curious for sure. That works. That's good marketing. But uh, we've also gotten the title of this movie. It's called Killing Old People Club. I can't imagine what the issue would be. Thursday. I never, never made the religious Easter connection to hot cross buns when I was a kid. Mm-mm. Not like, not even a tiny bit. Uh, yes, they taste good. There's a song about them. You can sing while you butter them. What's not to like, right? But never made the whole cross on the bun and Jesus on the cross connection Easter tradition styles. Um, then a friend just yesterday dropped off a couple of chocolate hot cross buns. Chocolate variety. Interesting. I can't eat mine uh, while on this fitness plan for the next couple of months for the Fort McMurray Firefighters Charities Association annual calendar. Uh, more details about that later. But, um, yeah, it all falls to my girlfriend, right? The duty falls to her. She has one bite of the first bun, and I see her face scrunch up. And I go, oh, oh no, not good? I ask. I'm just a purist when it comes to hot cross buns. She replies, without a shred of irony, completely serious, before proceeding to demolish both of the hot cross chocolate buns. Chocolate smeared on her cheek afterwards, of course. An opera that is being developed and should be arriving in October of this year, all about the final days of Kurt Cobain. Yeah, the Royal Opera House in London specifically is calling the production Last Days and adapted from uh, a film. Gus Van Sant made a movie in 2005 of the exact same name, of the same subject matter, and uh, loosely based. <laughs> loosely based, they say. Of course, he died uh, in 1994 at the age of 27, and the anniversary of that, the fifth, just went by. Just happened. The Clash, they've got something coming out right away. It's called Pistol. Uh, it's really the biopic sort of series on Disney Plus about them. Again, loosely based on reality, but in conjunction with that, it seems they're at least well-timed with it. A special edition of Combat Rock is going to be coming out with The People's Hall. Unreleased collaborations with Ranking Roger, as well as 12 uh, never-before-heard, very rare early versions of some songs you already know. Some of the classic tracks that became a slightly different version when they were actually released are going to be available in this collection, compiled by the actual surviving members of The Clash. Thanks for listening to the Steve Reeve Podcast from 100.5 Cruise FM. Magic Mike, Channing Tatum playing a male stripper. Uh, is something that people just cannot stay away from. Might be some people's kryptonite. People get fired up. Do you, did you know that there's a third one being made, right? They did Magic Mike, and then they did Magic Mike XL, and uh, people just flocked to the theater to get sweaty watching it, right? Just to breathe heavy. <laughs> That's really the, the point of the movies. And, you know, not knocking it. No judgment at all. I find it very, very incredibly funny that the third one was allegedly interrupted. I'm trying to find the actual details here, so do take it with a grain of salt. But it would seem that filming was interrupted at one point on Magic Mike 3 because of a legion of horny middle-aged women. Yeah, <laughs> we're just just dying to get close to the action, you know what I mean? And just probably heavy breathing while they were doing it, too. I just I just love this. I just love this. Sorry, the 2015 sequel was actually Magic Mike XXL. I'm not sure what uh, this third one is going to be like exactly, but I do guarantee that it's going to be sweaty as well. Magic Mike's last dance, filling out the trilogy is going to be coming out on, uh, you know, in the theaters, yes, but then afterwards hitting HBO Max, Crave in Canada. So, I mean, get that subscription ready for whenever, whenever this movie's actually available. 
I would like to give my rendition, my very, very loose interpretation of what it sounds like to be sitting next to your significant other while they watch the new season of Bridgerton. Okay, because this happened to me last night. Got back from a little workout, and it was, oh, at the height of the episode. Dare I say anything? Nay. Nay, I daren't. This is what it sounded like. And then my girlfriend goes, No! And that's Bridgerton in a nutshell. Friday. If you've been on a meal plan that just makes it feel like you're eating all the time, I can relate. I can understand for the first time in my life. Yeah, I got that going on. But um, I've got an at least it's not as bad as for you. And that is Mark Wahlberg's crazy weight gaining daily chow for the movie Father Stew. Apparently he needed to put on a bunch, gain a ton of weight quickly in about three weeks, something like that. And is claiming that this was the healthy way to do it, which is just, you know, just completely incorrect. By the way, just got to put that in there. Uh, I will I will grant him maybe it's less terrible for you than pizza and chili dogs all day long, but it's not good for you. It's not the healthy way to do anything. Um, but he was eating. Uh, this is the total, at least to start off on his weight gaining journey. Um, a dozen eggs. I am already I'm out. I tap out at that couple eggs for me. And I'm like, yeah, that's good. I've had my egg uh, representation, my egg portion, but a dozen pieces of bacon. All right. I'm actually on board for that. And that's the reason why this probably is a bad idea, because that part I could actually chow down with ease. Um, Two baked potatoes, that's a lot. A porterhouse steak, two bowls of white rice, a literal glass of olive oil every day to help wash things down. I'm not talking put that olive oil into your recipes. Not saying put that into your, like, you know, those baked potatoes. Mix that up with the olive oil or something, right? No, no, no. Literally a glass of drinking olive oil to help wash things down those morning oats they don't seem so bad anymore you're listening to the steve reed podcast from 100.5 cruise fm we got music news for you starting off with war child the outfit uh, that uh, is at all times trying to help out with children as well as the families that are are affected by ongoing conflicts in areas like i mean afghanistan for a long time now very obviously ukraine and they're re-releasing a few albums uh four of them specifically from war child records that were originally released between 2002 and 2009 including artists like david bowie and coldplay and radiohead and paul mccartney and and gorillas and beck and oasis and lily allen and, and on and on and on one is called One Love, Hope is Another, Help, A Day in the Life, and War Child uh, Presents Heroes, all going to be available for the first time in limited colors, yellow, black, red vinyls, for today, April, 1st, the, for, uh, April 8th, the first day that they can be ordered and will only be available for a limited time. Of course, all money that is, uh, is, 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 is all proceeds, all money raised, going to be going towards the good cause. And meanwhile, Geezer Butler of Black Sabbath fame has finished that memoir that he said he was penning about half a year ago. He said, I'm about halfway done the first draft. Now he said that the first draft is done. He's turned it in. Now he's thinking about titles and wants your input. He's got a few that he's thought of already. Of course, the bass player for Black Sabbath as Into the Void as one of them. That's okay. That's music related. That's from the songs. Bass is loaded. That's uh, it's punny. Passed forward. What the butler did and basic instinct. I, I feel like that one's the best one so far, but they're all kind of cheesy. It says feel free to send me which of those you think would suit my autobiography. I'm sure 
alternate suggestions will be accepted as well. Mushrooms can talk to each other. Apparently. Some of them. Um, yeah, there's a study out of the UK from the Royal Society of Open Science uh, that was published just this week detailing fungi correspondence. Fungus chats. A language with like 50, up to 50 words. Um, which, I mean, what? What? Uh, okay, I mean, obviously they're not talking, it's some other form of communication, but their communication can be kind of classified as words, and there's almost 50 of them that they use to communicate and, like, warn each other of danger, apparently, protect each other. Yeah, mushrooms can talk to each other with up to 50 words. Sure, but you can only hear them after eating some magic ones. <laughs> and once you get them started, the trick is getting them to shut up again. Jeez, just shiitake, talky, 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 talky. Yeesh. Give me a moral. I mean, a moment. Transmission over. Want more Steve? New podcast episodes happen every Friday or just tune into the Steve Reeve Show. Weekday mornings starting at 5.30 a.m. on 100.5 Cruise FM.